Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Big Cruise Podcast. Uh, I'm Baz, I'm your host, and uh, normally we have a few different guests throughout the podcast. Uh, today it is only myself and Chris, so we will be jumping straight into it in just a second. But first of all, a quick heads up. If you were looking at the ethical merchandise that we have on the, the website, um, the cruise t-shirts, etc., just to let you know that uh, delivery for Christmas has now closed. So please don't order if you're hoping to have it in time for Christmas. However, um, you can, of course, order for delivery in the new year if there's something that uh, catches your eye or you want to design your own, of course. Um, also a reminder, you can send in your listener questions. We only have one more episode of the show this year before Christmas. We'll be back in the new year, and uh, we've already got a, a number of questions lined up to answer in the new year. You can send in your question or the ship that you want to review via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. In the top right-hand corner, join the show. And that's where you can send in um, your question for myself, Chris, or even Peter to, to help out and answer for you. But without further ado, we're going to um, jump straight into today's show. I'm going to head over and catch up with Chris. Whoa there, Rudolph. Ho, ho, ho. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. And as always, our first guest on today's podcast is, of course, Chris Frame, well-known maritime historian and all things Chris, cruise news. Chris, welcome back. Thanks, Barry. Hey. Now, we, uh, we've got a listener question this week, which is kind of uh, tying into uh, maritime history. That's becoming a good bit of a theme. We're getting lots of questions coming through, which is That's great. Good. And this one yeah. actually came from Zimbabwe. Um, oh, so we've got is. listeners all over the world, officially. Um, and Francis wanted to... Uh, Rack your brain on a past uh, Cunard ship. Um, she was asking about the Saga Fjord. She sailed on, uh, sorry, they sailed on her um, back in the 90s, um, yep. but not entirely sure what happened to her. I think I know the answer to this, but I've got to let you answer it properly because I may <laughs> not be correct. No problems. Well, in the 90s, Saga Fjord was a Cunard ship, uh, interestingly enough, despite the, the name not sounding very Cunard. Um, <laughs> the ship was built in 1960, or went into service in 1965. She was built in France. 
um, for a, a company called the Norwegian America Line. And she was, um, at the time, in 1965, the, the latest in their sort of fleet of luxury passenger ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the 1973, she was joined by a sister ship, uh, the Vistafjord. And those two ships were sort of the pride of the, um, of the fleet. And in 1983, uh, Norwegian America Line was purchased by the Trafalgar House Company, which owned Cunard and merged with Cunard. And um, this meant that uh, Cunard had these two um, ships, Sagafjord and Vistafjord, and both of them were at the time um, two of the highest rated ships in the world. They were oh, wow. in a cat. Yeah, yeah. They were in a category that was known as five plus stars, which means it's better than five star. Um, mm. And uh, they had a very, very loyal following of passengers who would cruise on them year round. Sagafjord particularly was, was renowned for her world cruises. Um, and so after looking at these two ships that were, you know, distinct from the rest of the Cunard fleet, um, they decided to keep them with their um, original names. So they were kept as Sagafjord and Vistafjord. Now, the changes that were made to them is that um, the funnels were painted in Cunard colours, but mm-hmm. the hull colours on these ships remained a light grey colour. So they did stand out a little bit amongst the rest of the, of the, rest of the ships. Um, but they, they worked quite well with QE2, which was the flagship at the time. Um, both of the ships... Uh, and Sagafjord, particularly given her, her vintage, were, were built with ocean line voyages in mind so she could do the long duration deep water voyages. Um, and so a few times um, she would actually substitute for QE2 on the transatlantic, particularly um, when the QE2 was re-engined um, in the 1980s. And oh, wow. it was out of service, Sagafjord and, and, and also Vistafjord would do uh, some voyages for QE2 on that. Now, they both remained with the fleet, Vistafjord much longer than Sagafjord. Sagafjord herself stayed with um, Cunard until 1996 um, when she was chartered to Transocean Tours. Um, so actually, the listener question did say um, Sagafjord in the 90s, and I assume that it would have been with Cunard because in 96 the ship was renamed um, when she was right. in Transocean Tours. She had a very brief stint there only a few months, and she was named Gripsholm while she was there. Um, after that charter, um, she was actually sold to Saga Cruises, um, interesting enough with the name Sagafjord, and, um, mm-hmm. and was renamed Saga Rose and given a, a, a big refit uh, and repainted with a um, navy blue hull and um, a, a yellow funnel, which made her, again, look quite different. And she sailed through with Saga all the way through till 2009 when she was... Um, retired from service and then yeah i remember retiring yeah yeah she did like a farewell um world voyage as well and um took in a variety of different ports uh and then in 2010 she was scrapped now what's really interesting about this ship is it actually um is sort of known for its world cruises and it, it did over 40 world cruises throughout its career wow with various different you know the various different owners um so she was known around the world um from a from an Australian context, um, she actually came into Sydney Harbour with QE2 in tandem. Um, and then the two ships actually were in the harbour when the Concorde visited Australia because Concorde oh. had been chartered by Cunard to bring in world cruise passengers to join QE2 and Sagafjord in Sydney. Mm. So that was quite spectacular, quite a spectacle, um, as you can imagine. Um, and then, yeah, just 
at the risk of um, <laughs> of waffling on, the um, the sistership Vistafjord, uh, she actually remained with Cunard um, and was uh, renamed Coronia after um, ah. Carnival purchased the brand. Yeah, so Coronia sailed along with um, QE2 and Queen Mary 2 until 2005 when she too was uh, transferred across to Saga and sailed again with Saga Rose um, under the name of Saga Ruby. So we had this period of time where the two ships from the Norwegian America line were reunited once again. So that was mm-hmm. quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that answers the, the, the question. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it does. Um, I knew the uh, the saga connection at the end of a career, but wasn't uh, mm. sure of the, the the earlier times. But I did. I had a quick look online um, yesterday at some of the photos of her, and mm. I, I initially thought she looked very, very similar to to Queen Elizabeth. Were there a similar look and feel? Uh, which Queen Elizabeth? Oh, sorry, QE two. Sorry, oh, QE two. Yeah. Well, the thing is that um, you know Saga Fjord herself was was older than QE two, but because they were built in that 19 or designed in that 1960s period, they, they do kind of share a similar sort of style in terms of the way that the, the, the design of the ship, that the boat deck arrangement on the top of the ship, um, big, big windows to allow it to be both a cruise ship and an ocean liner. So you have these sort of indoor promenade areas where you can watch the ocean when it's in rough seas, but it's also beautiful because when you're going cruising, you can get the view of all of the lovely places that you're visiting. And they had the yeah. terraced aft decks there, which the QE2 had, um, Sagafjord had, uh, Vistafjord as well. And then obviously Queen Mary 2 has that as well, which sort of from a top-down view, it's kind of like these half circles with various decks stepping down with swimming pools and places to, to sunbathe and, and, and have uh, food at the um, – at the outdoor eateries and that sort of thing. So, you know, in those respects, they, they actually worked quite well together as fleet mates. Um, and over time, Cunard made some changes to the ship during refits, um, but they they really changed Vistafjord more than they changed Sargafjord. And so she, she did retain that sort of unique kind of ocean liner feel through till the end of her time with Cunard at least. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Um, thanks, uh, Francis and uh, Zimbabwe, for, your, for that question. And if anybody else does have a question, send them through. We've got another week uh, left of this season's podcast, but we'll be happy to uh, answer those for you in the new year as well. The easiest way to do so is via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Top right-hand corner there is join the show. Click on that, send through your question, and uh, myself and Chris will answer it in the, the next available episode. <laughs> Happy holidays! Now, Chris, we've got a, a quite a busy week in uh, cruise mm. news, as always. First of all, here in Australia, we had an extension of what we refer to as the cruise ban. Yes. Yes, and it's known as the cruise ban. Um, and I think a lot of people sort of around the world as well know that there's an, a cruise ban in Australia. But it's actually <laughs> part of a, of a larger biosecurity um, measure that's in place in Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this has been extended. It was uh, announced by the Federal Health Minister, um, during the week, that it will now continue until March, so another sort of three-month extension from its original expiry date, which was in December. Um, and it covers the, I guess, the, the banning of foreign flagged or internationally flagged cruise ships from coming into Australia, which from a, you know, as you know, from a mainstream sort of cruising perspective is pretty much all of the big ships anyway. Yeah. Um, even the P&O Australian fleet isn't allowed in Australia because they are, you know, Australian um, sh- ships in so, much, in so much as their home ports are here, but their flag um, country they're, they're, where they're registered and the, the um, port of registry, which is what's displayed on the stern of the ship, is actually in the United Kingdom. So they're not allowed to come into Australian um, 
ports either. Um, it doesn't cover the Australian flag cruise ships, so we do have a few smaller um, cruise ships that we've spoken about in previous podcasts yeah. um, that are still traveling in Australia, but all the big ones are pretty much covered by this. Um, yeah, so, and, and then in addition to this, of course, the, the same biosecurity measures is uh, putting in restrictions for outbound travel um, by aircraft as well. So you can't just, um, you know, go down to the travel agent and book a ticket to travel internationally. There's actually a travel ban in place in Australia during COVID. Um, so it's not just the cruise ships, but of course, the cruise ship ban gets the most headlines. That's why most people here have heard about it around the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and not only this, but uh, there has been a, an extension of a few different pauses, um, mm. uh, Cunard being one of the main ones, I think. Yeah, well, Cunard announced um, that they were extending their their pause, um, in, well, for two of their ships anyway. So they'd originally staggered it so that the three ships um, were going to resume um, across March, April and May of next year, but they've pushed Queen Mary 2 and Queen Elizabeth back. So it will be now... Um, uh, I think it's May and June that, that the ships will be resuming their services. And a lot of that's to do with, I think, the fact that whilst, you know, the UK, for example, has um, now, I think, approved uh, one of the vaccines at least, um, it's going to take a very long time for the companies to be able to, um, you know, get the ships ready for resumption of service. Um, yeah. Not only do they have to get these passenger ships that have been laid up for by that stage a year, more than a year, um, ready, you know, mechanically to, to start cruising again, but they have to get all the crew back from around the world. And that's going to be a massive undertaking. And it's going to be something that all the big cruise lines are going to have to do as things start to ramp up. And of course, those crew from various different countries that are all operating under different sort of rules in relation to COVID are all going to have to come back, get uh, presumably get vaccinated. Um, and, and then, um, you know, remember how to do your job. I mean, some of these people haven't been working <laughs> on these ships for over a year. So it's going to be quite something to watch how it, um, how it comes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be uh, interesting to, to watch from afar. Now, last week we spoke about some good news up in Singapore that uh, Royal Caribbean had restarted mm. uh, cruises. Uh, we did have a little bump in the road earlier this week with the uh, false alarm of a positive uh, COVID case. But since then, uh, it's turned out there was no COVID. Yeah, it was, um, you know, all over the news as well. Like, yeah, it's happened again, another cruise ship with, with COVID on board. Um, so I think everybody was uh, sort of, you know, a bit, bit panicked by that. I know a lot of people were messaging me and saying, well, what's going on? But um, then it turns out, um, as you said, Barry, that it was, a, it was a false positive. And I guess that, you know, it's with a lot of um, these kinds of tests is that every now and then, as I understand it, I guess I'm, I'm no doctor, I'm no scientist, but, you know, you can get false, um, false positives sometimes. And I think that might be what um, they've been dealing with here. Yeah, I think... Um... I think taking the positive out of it, we it's proven though that there are measures in place, and you know isolation was implemented, and you know mm. all the right things were done for the for the right reasons to make sure everyone was protected on board, even though it was was a false alarm. So yeah, uh, sure. it was a little bit of a little bit of comfort there. Yeah. Now we're uh, sticking with Royal Caribbean just briefly. They've uh, just announced a new campaign to surrender your shell. What's this all about? <laughs> yeah, they're they're working in um, collaboration with the World Wildlife um, Foundation. Um, and actually with support of the Australian government. So um, the shell you're talking about is a, is tortoise shell. And, you know, tortoises um, are under extreme uh, threat around the world in terms of their numbers um, due to, you know, them being used for jewellery and that sort of thing. Um, so what, what they're doing is they're actually asking people who have tortoise shell 
um, jewelry or items um, to donate it back to to them so they can use DNA technology to create a database of uh, these different tortoises to help try and track down where where they're being hunted and then to stop oh, wow. the trade. It's quite remarkable. Um, yeah. And um, as I understand it, Baz, uh, the Australian government is um, is on board and allowing people to um, participate by sending in their tortoise shell products for I think it's the next six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the Royal Caribbean's right on board with this. They're they're um, supporting it and and helping the WWF with that. And so I think the the full details will be on the World Wildlife Foundation's website. But um, you know, it's just. Even during these difficult times, and I was thinking about this yesterday, there's so many sort of sensational news stories in relation to cruising, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of piling on a little bit on an industry that's had a very hard year. But then you do think about all the, all the things that the cruise industry has done to help, um, you know, different countries and different causes around around the world over over the years. Um, yep. So you've got to you've got to balance these things, right? And of course, yep. um, this is another one. Even during this very difficult time. Um, RCI is is doing something to to try and help um, stop uh, a trade that's uh, you know decimating t- tortoise numbers. So I think that's something that people can can look at and get on board with. Yeah, good on them. And I will put the link in to the show notes if anybody uh, wants the link to the the WWF uh, website and find out more information for that. Now uh, we've had some or two pieces of news from MSC this week. Let's start off with the the, the private island um, Ocean K. Yeah, so these private islands are very popular um, when cruising is underway. It's um, an opportunity for a ship um, to to go to a place that is secluded from the rest of uh, the sort of tourist industry is like specific for that cruise brand. And then you can spend a day in sort of, um, you know, un- removing yourself from the hustle and bustle of, of some of the other places that these ships can visit. Um, so various different cruise lines have private islands um, in the case of um msc they've actually built a private island called ocean k and uh, the national geographic is actually putting a documentary together or just about to air a documentary about this particular private island so it's located at about 100 um kilometers away from miami so quite close to the united states but in the in the bahamas region and um it was actually just sort of a, a sand mound, I think, when they originally started on it. And they've, they've, I think it was actually a dump previously. I think it was, was actually it? a rubbish dump, yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, there we go. And now it's a, now it's a nature reserve. So they've turned it into this private island, but they've also um, put a, a large section of it um, has been turned into a nature reserve. It opened in December of last year, and that included you know the planting of over 75,000 trees and plants. Um, they've done restoration projects on the coral. They've actually relocated coral from areas that have been damaged and, and moved it closer to the um, to the to the reserve area here which of course helps the marine life um, and you know it's uh, opening in December of last year it was only really under um, under operation with the cruise ships for for a few months before the shutdown so it would have given um, everything that was living there a real opportunity to get um, established yeah. before cruising resumes as well um, yeah, so that should be yeah you can check it out on National Geographic yeah, I think it's airing next week. So uh, we, again, we'll put the, the the dates and things in the, the show notes. Now, sticking with MSC, they've announced their winter deployment for twenty one twenty two. So the end of uh, next year, they've announced four ships in the Med, which you don't normally think of as a, a winter destination. Mm. Uh, four in North America, and also a couple up in the, the Middle East. 
Yeah, they've got a busy um, season coming up. And um, I think this is, of course, the, the northern winter that we're referring yeah, to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, Genoa is definitely the port um, in the Mediterranean if you want to do a departure because a lot of their ships are sailing from there. Um, you've got Grandiosa doing voyages to France. You've got uh, uh, um, Fantasia who's going across um, to Barcelona and Marseille in France and Barcelona, of course, in Spain. Um, Magnifica, Magnifica rather, um, is heading across to Greece and actually doing a voyage to Israel. Um, and Posia is doing um, some Genoa cruises and then she's actually heading on a world cruise um, in 2022, which again, you know, it's an opportunity for people around the world to try out MSC if they don't get an opportunity to usually cruise with them. Um, not only that, they're going to have four ships in North America. They're going to have um, the Lyrica and the Musica in South Africa, which of course would be summer for the southern hemisphere um yep. and um the opera in um opera rather in um dubai which i think is is warm all the time so <laughs> so you can have a, a you know you can escape the the cold and go and um, sail an msc msc ship all around the world yeah no exactly um scenic which is a brand we don't actually talk about that often on the, the podcast but we have had some news in this week um about what they're doing with their eclipse which is of course their famous small ship uh, yeah. She's going to be doing various different things in 22 and 23, but they've also said that they've used this downtime to make some changes to the ship as well. Yeah, they have. I mean, I was looking at the 2022-23 season and they've got all sorts of cool things that they're putting together. And the one that caught my eye is that they're going to have expeditions using helicopters, um, which is mm. you know quite quite exciting. I, I, I don't know if you've done anything like that, Baz, but um, in, the, in the fjords some time back, I actually um, went on a helicopter um, expedition uh, it was from the Queen Victoria, actually. We didn't leave from the ship, of course, left from the sh- from the shore. Yeah. But um, we didn't realize <laughs> that uh, when we boarded the helicopter that our, our pilot was actually also a qualified stunt pilot. And he kind of okay. surprised <laughs> us with some stunts whilst we were in the, I don't know, um, we weren't quite <laughs> expecting to, to, to move around quite as much as we did, but it was awesome. Um, and got an opportunity to fly over the ship. But anyway, um, so they're going to be doing that with um, with the, with Eclipse. Uh, but she's yeah she's been having some work done while she's been out of service. It's a great time to, you know, despite the financial pressures I'm sure the cruise lines are, are facing. It's so, uh, when else has there been an opportunity to do so much work on your ship? I suppose because they've never been yeah. out of service like this. Um, and so she's had a number of enhancements. Um, there's now an outdoor sanctuary, for example, um, which sounds very very pleasant. There's a, a yacht club on board. Again, a nice place to have a a, a drink. Um, and they've also upgraded their um, very popular sushi restaurant on board the ship, which apparently was, um, you know, so popular that they needed to reconfigure the space. So, and a few other things as well, which you can check out on their on their website. But she'll come back into service, sort of um, with a, a slightly uh, new look on board, and that will be good for repeat guests. Yeah, I mean, she's not that old. She's only been launched about a year or so ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, they've used the opportunity to take on the guest feedback and uh, tweak and enhance where they can. Well, that's what happens. You know, these ships come into service and real, the first real opportunity that you have to see if your ideas on paper are going to translate well is when they're yeah. sailing. But usually you have to wait years before you can fix it because the ship's got, you know, or, <laughs> or change anything because the ship's got a full schedule. So it's great that they're using this time wisely. Yeah, no, it is, it is. Now, that's all we've got in the cruise news for this week, but I'm sure you're going to be putting out a, a video on your socials at some time over the weekend or next week. What's happening, Chris? Yeah, so I've got two, actually, that, uh, that are up now if you want to check out either the Australian Cruise Pause, um, or, or Cruise Ban, rather, I should say, 
information in a little bit more detail, you can go there to have a look at that. Um, or if you want to know um, how the Cunard um, cruise pause extension is going to affect voyages for Queen Mary 2 or Queen Elizabeth, I've got a separate video uh, about that on my YouTube as well. Fabulous. Now, uh, next week, there's going to be the last episode of this year, unless there's some major breaking news that happens over the Christmas period. Mm. But next week, we're going to be talking all things positively okay. in what ships have launched this year. But Well, what ships have been delivered this year but haven't launched yeah. yet with their passengers, but also the incredible number of ships that are due to launch in uh, 2021 and also in 2022. Sure. And I'm going to ask uh, you Chris, to pick one of those ships that we talk about to be the one that you are desperate to get on board. I know I've already picked mine. I know which one it'll be for me. And if the listeners have got a ship, I can just choose one, Baz. (laughs) Maybe you can have three. I don't know. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. So generous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, if the listeners have got anything that they're there, I highly anticipating to, to come out and itching to get on board, get yeah. in touch through the website as usual. Uh, that might be we'll fun, be, actually, if um, if yeah. people have a ship that they, because I know there's, you know there's a number of ships that were supposed to launch this year or um, are launching next year, a lot of maiden voyages. But if you've got one that you just really want to look forward to and you want um, a shout out on the podcast, I think was the last episode of the year. Um, yeah. yeah, if you send that in, I think we can probably include some some other Absolutely. other people's ideas and see if they match any of ours. <laughs> Fabulous, sounds good. Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks again, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Great, speak to you then, Baz. Oh, it's Father Christmas here. <laughs> Are you on my naughty or nice list this year? Still time to change that, you know. Ho ho! Come on, Rudolph. Did I mention there's a little way you can help keep this uh, podcast on air? That's right, just for the cost of a coffee, uh, so about four Aussie dollars, about two pounds something, about two euros something, um, you can make a donation and that helps uh, keep the lights on and keep the, the podcast uh, producing in the, in this weekly format. Um, or you can join up as a member and make a, a monthly uh, subscription and in return receive some incredible um, bonus material as well. Um, all the details are on the show notes of each and individual podcast or you can head to uh, the website buy me a coffee forward slash the big cruise pod. And uh, we look forward to uh, shouting you out if you are able to uh, to make a little donation. Thanks in advance. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 